So uh, another episode of the Football Associates podcast. Uh, you're the one keeping track of the numbers. 21. It's 21? All right, man. Well, let me check that again. It's good because we got all kinds of booze around here. So this it's going to be one of those 20, episodes. 21 and over only. Pre-Funkin' Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, pre-Funkin' Thanksgiving, post-fucking Caleb Porter. Ugh. I'll take another <laughs> drink. All right, so no, let's just, let's just get it out there. We're going to start talking about the playoffs uh, because we got to give due service to the teams that are in it right now. Our team isn't in it. Um, but if you hate the Timbers, um, well, actually, if you hate the Timbers, maybe stay tuned so you can hear us fucking just weeping on the <laughs> I might the cry. I might. Yeah. It, but, I mean, we're going to – we're certainly going to talk about the Caleb Porter situation and the Portland Timbers uh, – management situation at length today so that's just fair warning to anybody who isn't a timbers fan uh but yeah it might be a little bit shorter episode we got thanksgiving tomorrow i know everybody's got stuff to do this weekend there's not honestly that much news and um you know maybe this is a a short enough episode you you play it on the drive to grandma's house or whatever uh, before you drink too much and eat too much turkey. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Why don't Why don't you start off, Ryan? Tell us what you've been up to. Uh, you watched any good movies? You gone to any decent vegan restaurants with your girlfriend? Um, anything of that nature? No vegan restaurants this week. Um, <laughs> this week, I recommend Good Time. As a movie, good time. All right, it so, came out on, on Blu-ray DVD. Although I just bought it online. Is that the I, Robert Pattinson movie? Yeah. Okay, so you told yeah. me about that. Yeah, What's it, uh, it about again? It's about. Um, I'm going to say it's about a heist gone wrong, essentially in Queens. Okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I know. I keep telling you about it. I know. I own it on Amazon now, so we'll, we'll watch it. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, anything else interesting going on? Um. I, I did Thanksgiving already with with my parents and my aunt this weekend. Yeah, did you so, take did you take your aunt out on the town? Did you go to like the Rose Garden and do all? No, that stuff? no. We uh, this was up in Washington where my parents live. Uh-huh. Um, a little too close to, um, in Washington, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we just went up there, spent the this weekend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mom gave you some Cheez Its. She, yeah, they're sitting over there, the, the duos. Yeah, I'm excited about yeah, that. Maybe she's a, will be our new sponsor now. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's about all I did. How about you? Uh, I'm working a lot, which is regrettable. And, uh, you know, it's I wasn't joking when I was talking about it's college basketball season. <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching a lot of college basketball, you know, as you pointed out to everybody last week, uh, Penn State. Watch Penn State basketball the last couple of days. They lost, didn't they? To Texas A&M, but they beat the shit out of Pitt. It was great. All right. Yeah, so there's that. I mean, Pitt's terrible, but, I mean, you know, feather in the cap. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know, man. You watched both playoff games last night. I'm I did, assuming. actually. Did you make it all the way through Seattle-Houston? I did. Okay. So yeah. let's, start, let's start with Columbus-Toronto, obviously. Uh, the score line doesn't show much, but what were your thoughts on that game? I thought it was, gosh, it, it was tough. It, you know, the, I'll, I'll say the crowd was there. 
Um, it was yeah. it was sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did the shit at the gates again. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I go on Reddit. There's lots of pictures posted about that mm-hmm. for the second playoff game in a row, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. So uh, thank you, pre-court. <laughs> and um, what do you think about the respect your roots, Tifo? I thought it w- that 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 was. Uh, that was reasonable Tifo. <laughs> I like the idea behind it, yeah. but I mean the execution maybe I mean I, I don't wanna yeah. I don't wanna pile on the crew right now because it's been tough. But I mean, you know, like the idea was great. It it looked like it was whipped up real quick, but uh yeah, shout out to that. I thought yeah, it was Yeah, cool. yeah. I mean it's that's a you know, tough situation. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the game, but it always comes back to right. But what do you think about there. the quality of the game? Obviously, it was uh, the one quality, of the yeah. I mean, especially with I mean, Toronto went there to park the bus essentially. Um, right. No, yeah. no Javinko, yeah. no Altador. They put like five, six, seven, some high single digit number in the back and put 13 and put, defenders. Yeah. And put Ricketts up front and told mm-hmm. him to run after balls. And I mean, Victor Vasquez really, kind of looked like trash. That's your boy. He looked like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It wasn't his, his, his best game, but again, I don't think, you know, they, they went there to get a nil nil draw. I think like, that's, okay. a, that's a fine result for him. I think sure. Columbus definitely missed a uh, opportunities here. And, uh, that's unfortunate because, I don't know how they're going to fare up in Toronto at this point without getting at least a goal. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of what we said about Houston Dynamo uh, in the previous round against the Timbers. Um, But I think you're right. Did you see their TIFO? The Dynamo? Yeah. They had a TIFO? They did. I missed that. What was it? Tell me. Oh, it was like... I can't. Oh man, I should have brought it up before I even mentioned. All it, right, well we'll get to yeah, it. We'll we get, get to, to see. It. You oh, can man. look it up right now. I'll yeah. give you. I mean, I think this was typical though of you know the playoffs, not just the playoffs, but especially some of the the Eastern Conference teams. Even though Toronto and Columbus like to get after it, uh, this was a game where clearly nobody wanted to give up the big goal. Um, it was just KG. Uh, from start to finish, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, still, I mean, still an entertaining nil-nil draw to me. It wasn't It wasn't totally boring. There were, you know, some defensive heroics there. There were a couple good chances. Um, but it was sort of reminiscent of the earlier uh, playoff games in the Western Conference, you know, especially, you know, Vancouver-Seattle in the first, in the first leg and, do you think this is going to be the end of the the two legs? Do you think we've accrued enough evidence now of n- enough zero nil nil draws that you know? Because there has been rumors. That's what I'm also thinking about. You right, know, going to the single. Well, did you do the 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 sum thing? I told you what the last like uh, oh like the it was well there was the one about content and before that it was playoff formats. Yeah, stuff yeah, and I'm pretty sure I. You did that one? There. Yeah, because I think it should go to a single elimination at this point. I mean, um, I forget. I saw somewhere where how many games this year have been nil-nil, or at least like the last couple years, and it's quite a shocking number. Did you see Did you see the, the number of lower seeds advancing to MLS Cup final? Oh, it's got to be a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um... And it's, and I believe Including it's us when we won 2012 <laughs> and 2015, right. both lower seeds in the conference finals advanced. 
Um, Columbus so, this year, right? They were fifth, right? Or fourth, I fourth, believe. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where, like you said, I think there's enough evidence. Um, I was actually I've been I've been a fan of the the two legs and I, I applauded that decision a few years ago. Now with the way that the league's expanding and kind of the more I have tweaked my line of thinking on the the competition structure of MLS, I think that a uh, a single game elimination playoff works out better. Um I've heard the argument that you know, obviously it'll be good because you won't have the long break, which people tend to complain about with the international break in November um, for MLS Cup playoffs, which obviously would be fixed with a calendar change, but we'll leave that alone for now. We already had that episode. Yeah, right? but it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, maybe expand the playoffs by two more teams. You know, I'm okay with that and just make it single elimination. Because the thing is, if we want it to be, if we want it to be a cup, you know what I mean? If we have playoffs, it's, it's an Americanized playoff. This isn't Champions League. Right. It's a cup comp. I mean, it's like a, you know. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like, you can have an expanded field in my mind, especially the more the league grows. I think that if we go to, you know, 28 teams, 14 teams in each conference, having more than half of the teams in the conference, having eight teams make the playoffs in each conference. I mean, that's reasonable to me. You know what I mean? Eight out of 14, that's reasonable. Maybe I'm just saying that because that's kind of what our fantasy football league is, and I'm a genius at that. But... I don't want to digress too much, <laughs> but and I won it last year. So I think it's perfect, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think that, it, you know, in a comp competition, especially if you reward, uh, excellence in the regular season by awarding home field to the higher season, it's just a single game. Then the likelihood of the eight beating the one goes down significantly. Um, but I think, uh, I, I, I think that it's, eventually going to happen. Uh, but in the terms of this year's playoff, I don't really think it's going to matter. I think that Seattle, Toronto, the cream's going to rise to the top. That's true. We're yeah. going to get the MLS cup rematch. Um, and I mean, if we're moving into the, the Western conference here, you know, Seattle really just took care of business. Um, Houston, didn't look like they belong anywhere near this game. Um, or that field. No. Again. Well, I mean, nobody nobody belongs near that field. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Seattle, Seattle was up early. They were aggressive. Uh, you know, it's like John Strong mentioned in the game yesterday. It's sort of similar to what the Timbers did, but had Darlington Nagby managed to score that goal rather than miss, you, you know, you wonder what could have happened. Um, but Seattle, Seattle executed, they got up early. Then the game never really looked in doubt. Uh, Houston went down to 10 men early, um, managed to save the penalty, but it never really seemed like they were in this game. And it, it, it's hard for me to believe that there's any path, you know, to them winning this week. Um, obviously I don't want to blow. I don't want to 
blow my prediction, you know, which we'll get into. We are known at the for end. shoddy predictions. Yes, well, I don't want to blow that until the end. But yeah, I mean, Seattle crushed them. I, overall, what you would did you think about that game? Other than just being depressed that the Timbers weren't in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, about what you said there, and you know, I don't think Houston played terribly i mean well like, you're they, wrong they, they i mean they, they had they had their their chances i mean <laughs> sure. badly executed chances mm-hmm. but they got enough forward to where it could have happened i mean right but especially on that playing final... with 10 men for for most of the match um i mean right. but yeah i mean ultimately seattle's a better team and we always knew it was going to be a cakewalk uh coming in right um so yeah it's just lovely the cream's r- rising to the top mm-hmm. and uh We'll get a rematch here, probably. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it sucks for us. I mean, I, I was uh, I was having a a texting back and forth with the the lone Sounders supporter that I'm friendly with uh, yesterday, and we were both talking about how this probably should have been Timber Sounders, and how you know things would seem a lot different if that were the case, but. No, it's not, you know, and here we are. It looks like Seattle's going to route them. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about all that later. Let's move on to USL a little bit. Now, something that sort of came out of the blue uh, to a lot of people this week is that there's going to be a USL team in the north side of Chicago. And we're not talking about them moving into the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. There's going to be a brand new multi-purpose 20,000 plus seat venue there uh, in Chicago for a, as far as we know, non-Chicago Fire affiliated team in any way. Um, so what are what are your first thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I'm very confused and skeptical of this for i mean first of all it's not until 2020 apparently mm-hmm. and this is also like the site of it's almost 2018 to be fair though right right <laughs> really no, i mean but no um also it's the proposed site for the amazon headquarters too if they choose that site apparently if i was right. my understanding so which doesn't sound like they're going to right <laughs> so it's a lot but it just seems weird to me this 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 uh, i had it like i like someone said on reddit, weird about it well like someone said on, on reddit and i totally agree with this like am i having like an acid trip right now reading this it doesn't seem like a real announcement by usl they're announcing it's on their website i know i know that that, that <laughs> let me talk <laughs> I, because it's weird to me and to other people apparently that USL is announcing a, t- a USL ex- expansion team in Chicago that has nothing to do with the Chicago Fire in 2020, mm-hmm. assuming all this stuff happens for like a, a developmental site that may or may not happen. It just seems oddly premature. It doesn't seem maybe smart. I mean, like, I don't know. It just, there's a lot of conflicting feelings for me about this. I just don't know what to make of it. It just seems odd. Don't you think that? I mean, I, I don't think it's odd. I think that it makes perfect sense. Think about the relationship between USL and MLS. Think about what we're seeing here with Nashville, how, you know, Nashville, uh, just went up to USL out of nowhere 
And it was sort of one of those things where it's like, oh, we'll be back. We've only existed for a year and we'll be back. But when we come back, we'll be in USL. And now Nashville's being talked about for MLS before they even kick off in USL, which, you know, who knows if that's even ever going to happen. If they get, if they get that golden ticket into MLS, they might never play in USL. And I think that that's sort of what we're seeing here. And I think it's sort of like a, a low key, a low key MLS letting you know that there's going to be a second Chicago MLS team and it's going to be in the city. Do you think that there's a possibility that it's kind of, especially since it's not all the way till 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a 20,000 st- stadium for a USL mm-hmm. team that in maybe Chicago they're proper. The, maybe they're leaving the door open that like, hey, fire. I'm talking about the ownership group specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, while I was thinking that, I read that the Chicago Fire's deal in in Bridgeview is apparently a, a very bad one. Like they they have to be there until 2035, or I, I could be wrong, but something ridiculous like that. And ultimately, if they want to get out of it, they have to pay like all the rent up and through those years, including the taxes. So essentially, it would cost you know possibly. Hundred millions of dollars to even get out of the, like the deal. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that. So maybe that's not it. So, but I mean, I just don't see is USL really having the the balls to do this, like you said. I, I, just don't, I don't think it's. Yeah. I think that this. I mean, there's an established partnership between USL and MLS, obviously, and I think this is more. MLS and USL working together to test the market for a second club in Chicago, seeing if they can drum up enough support to, you know, support 10,000 people a game for a USL game, like Cincinnati-like numbers, Louisville-like numbers. And if they get the feedback that they're looking for, then perhaps this just becomes a second MLS team. I mean, look at, first of all, think about the size of Chicago. Chicago's enormous. It's huge. I mean, I grew up in the Northeast. I've seen big cities. Flying into Chicago, it's like one of the biggest things I've ever seen in my life. So they can support two teams. You think about baseball. You know, they've had two baseball teams for more than 100 years. And they have two different sides of town with two completely different fan bases that support their team year in and year out. And I think that MLS is thinking about, A, media markets, which everybody knows. They're always thinking about that. And, B, expansion beyond 30 teams. Um, We've talked about this before. You know, I don't think it's out of the question to think of 10, 12 years from now, we're talking about 32 teams in MLS. That doesn't seem crazy to me. Um, And there's a lot of people who talk about expanding too fast in American soccer, um, which was sort of a problem with NASL years ago, but the difference is the responsible financial model, you know, that USL talks about, that MLS sort of has, that everybody sort of, wants to shit on around American soccer 
But the fact is, is that it helps. It helps keep these leagues and these clubs afloat. You know what I mean? And I think that if you're really calculated with it and you're in this structure, as much as some people might not like the single entity thing, if you're, if you're working within that structure, um, it's a little bit safer. Um, so I think, I, I think that this could work. I don't know if this team's ever going to play in USL. I think that it might go straight to MLS, uh, much like Nashville, which we should, you know, move on to here. Did you see their kit launch? Nashville's got a kit now. Nissan. Yes. And it's a, it's a multi-year partnership. Um, it's pretty bland though. Am I, am I wrong? I mean, there's nothing. Like, like you know you like Nissan's cars. I don't ouch, know. I, I, ouch, I, damn! Oh. You don't even drive, dude. I know that. that was I was about to point that out. <laughs> I, I actually have no idea what I'm talking about. But I mean, it's one. It, it, it's one of those things where uh, you know when when they do these kit launches, even mostly in MLS, but now moving into USL and NASL too, they have these special little things that go into the kits that they like to tell you about how it's like tied to the community or whatever. This no. line means the the border between the you're talking about sporting kansas city <laughs> well just anything like any anytime they launch these sure it's always the colors mean this and the the line at this angle represents the river going through this and it, it, it's always, always convoluted sure well the nissan the nissan uh nashville kit apparently just means that uh their colors are blue and white and yellow and they're from nashville and they're a soccer club and fuck yeah that Nissan pays for that kit. So, <laughs> yeah, rather unremarkable, but still, you know, another step nonetheless for a new club. Um, what do we think about our boy Forrest Lasso? Oh, the best news of the week. Yeah, pretty exciting. I mean, it's good news for Cincinnati, a team that, uh, you know, had a crazy uh, U.S. Open Cup run this year. One of the, you know, more famous Open Cup runs of modern history. Uh, always falls short, though, in the playoffs. Definitely uh, disappointing end to their season this year. And uh, Forrest Lasso should probably uh, solidify their defense a little bit. Now, I was trying to find some stats. I was telling you earlier that the, the USL website is a little frustrating. Um, but uh, Cincinnati had 51 goals conceded this year, uh, a goal and a half per game. Uh with only seven clean sheets. You got to think Forrest Lasso is going to help them improve, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and considering for me, when I watch them and other US, USL teams, um, their goalkeeper, who I'm forgetting the name of. Hildebrand. Hildebrand, yes. Mitch um, says no. Right. That's what they say. Yeah. Mitch <laughs> says no. I mean, to, to me, he seems one of the better goalkeepers in, in the league. And uh, bar and, none. And certainly had, a, obviously, the game against um, – um, many games, fire, actually. The fire in the yes. Open Cup, which was a fantastic performance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we get a, a central defender like... Uh, or, Forrest or a, Lasso. Yeah, center back, I'm sorry, like Forrest <laughs> Lasso, then that's absolutely great because he's that, big, those, he's those numbers don't do, you know, that, that goalkeeper justice to his sure. skills. And so, well... See, that helps. Right. Well, I mean, they had Harrison Delbridge in there for a while, former uh, Timbers 2 player. Uh, didn't quite 
uh, live up to his previous billing as a young player. Um, but yeah, Forrest Lasso, and not only that, he can score goals. We know he can score yeah, goals. Yeah, he had the most of any defense or center back in USL. Like he had six to goals have. or something like that. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, let's. I don't want to talk about too much because he had six goals in like April or May when we interviewed so, him, and then hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, in 20 years, when looking back at the great USL center backs of all time, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter when it happened. They'll say right. six goals in a season. Right. Hey. Plus, I mean, like, honestly, uh, I, I hate to be this kind of guy, but, I mean, he was really cool with us. Super nice. Really nice guy when I talked to him. So, I mean, I don't know. Go out there. People should support him. He definitely tries real hard. Follow follow uh, Forrest Lasso on Twitter. He's always posting videos and inspirational stuff. So, yeah, he's sort of like my USL David Horst. You know, I still follow David Horst, even though he hasn't been around the Timbers for a couple of years. Well, when you, I brought up David Horst. That kind of put a little twinkle in your eye. <laughs> well, I was thinking back to the days when I used to see him in the, the park blocks here in Portland. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he married that girl that he met here, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Portland making who, who making I think lived happen. around there, if I remember the stories right. Yeah, and he's David from horse stories. Yeah, <laughs> he's from Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. Right. So much like me, yeah. sort of like a central PA, Central and Eastern I, PA. I heard guy. from somewhere you know when um RSL wasn't even playing here or Houston, right? He's with Houston now, or no RSL he now? He RSL. was with Houston. Right, now he's at right. RSL again. I heard like this. I heard from someone this season he was walking around in Portland, even when they weren't here this week. So obviously, still got some connections. Here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I believe. I believe his uh, wife or fian. I don't think they're married yet. His fiance uh, went to University of Oregon. You know, we realize we're talking about David Horst. In, in Portland right now. Yeah, I know. I know. I love David Horse though. Yeah. I'm just saying, you, you know how I am about dudes from Pennsylvania. I get yeah. I get wrapped up in all of that. All right. I wasn't so, trying to bring that up. But, all right. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, what do you think about Jimmy Nielsen? He's being linked to Swope Park you know Rangers. Jimmy. That makes sense, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is not a surprise, but it, it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, because it yeah, wasn't... At one point, because he was with uh, Oklahoma City, right? OKC Energy, who were initially who affiliated were initially, with right. Kansas City, and right. then they formed Swope Park Rangers. Um, so, two-part question. All right. Could you see Jimmy Nielsen being the manager of Sporting Kansas City someday? Someday, sure. When, yeah. Could you see Jimmy Nielsen becoming... The manager of Swo- or of Sporting Kansas City, say July or August of 2018, after Peter Vermees is named manager of the U.S. Men's National Team, because this reeks of Mike Pecky to me. This reeks of Sporting Kansas City bringing their boy Jimmy Nielsen back into the fold, back into the organization, getting him ready. Get to be feeling. the manager because Peter Vermees is going to move on to greener pastures. I don't, I don't get that feeling. I, I think Jimmy Nielsen's a easygoing guy. I don't necessarily. Th- I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying he's not he's not ambitious, but I think that him being the manager of Swell Park, he may be okay with that for a while. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, I don't see him ultimately becoming. The coach is born in I think he, if anything, he'd become a coach somewhere else at a higher level before that happens. Okay. So second part of this question then is, 
what if your sporting Kansas City and Peter Vermees comes to you in July or August and says, I've been offered this job. I'm taking it. The national team job. And you've got Jimmy Nielsen already back in the organization. Is that the guy you tap or do you look Ooh. elsewhere? I mean, we'll see how he does with Swope Park. I mean, he did just I fine mean, with Park, OKC Swope Energy. Yeah, but Swope Park's been in the finals the last two years. Mm hmm. Um, two different managers. Two different managers, yeah. One Carlton Belmar. There's only one Carlton yeah, Belmar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's I does do you think Kansas City would go, you know, after a, a, another big name? I mean, in terms of I mean No, it doesn't sound like them at all. Yeah. It doesn't. They would go with their guy. I mean, who who knows who knows Kansas City and uh that organization better than Jimmy Nielsen. Nobody. I mean, only Peter Vermees. That's the only, answer. Only a Dane. Can know <laughs> He's Danish, right? If I remember right. I yeah. believe so. Yeah, but I mean, that. he was the captain. He's the yeah. heart and soul of that team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, uh, you sat in my house watching that Kansas city RSL, uh, cup final. One of the, best cup finals in MLS cup history. And you could see how emotional it was and how much that team loved him. Yeah. He was practicing a wheelchair at that point. Yeah, too. he was, he was. <laughs> and so was Lavelle Palmer in that game. Yeah. If I remember <laughs> correctly. Oh, um, but okay. So let's, let's keep it in USL, but step into the other part of Missouri. Now, Precky's out in St. Louis, Tony Pulis's kid, Anthony Pulis, is in at St. Louis. This wouldn't be that big of a story except for, you know, the the whole Orlando City B thing. Clearly, it appears that they're they're done with that whole project. Um and like we've talked about before is the, you know, that could possibly be some sort of failure in the connection with MLS clubs to, you know, youth levels and such like that. Um, but it's a bigger story because Precky is on the move again and he's been linked, uh, to some bigger jobs. So, I mean, is Precky to Portland Timbers confirmed? <laughs> it's no, basically what no. I'm asking. <laughs> Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about Tony Pulis's kid moving on, going to St. Louis? You know, this is a team that has had a little bit of ambition uh, in the past. Uh, obviously, a city that wants in the MLS lottery, uh, a name that people are familiar with in U.S. soccer. He's a young coach. Uh, he'd been put in charge of an Orlando city B squad that obviously there's a little bit of money and cachet behind, but they had never really succeeded. Um, do you think this is a loss for St. Louis though? Losing Precky, a coach that has been, uh, you know, sort of diagnosed as being disinterested at times. Is it, is this a win or a loss for a St. Louis club? Uh, to pick up a young manager while also losing a name. It seems like a gain. Like I said, I, Precky, despite his, you know, his his brand name there. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, St. Louis was wasn't very good this year. And no, I they're mean, not. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's that's being kind. I think. <laughs> yes. I mean, and uh, 
I don't know. I don't remember. I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. Where was Precky? Sacramento. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I should probably do more research before these mm-hmm. uh, segments. Um, We're drinking a lot. Yeah, tonight. yeah. It, it's just like <laughs> it, it, it. I guess it just seems like a. I mean, not ex- exciting move or lateral move. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not distraught over Precky leaving St. Louis and Pulis coming in. I don't know. It just seems kind of just a. Ho hum, ho hum, shuffle to me. Okay. I mean, Orlando City B. I mean, eh, I mean they are competitive, I guess. And Not really. You're right. Uh, yeah, that's why I said I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, right. So it's just kind of just like. I don't well, know. I mean, yeah. I I think the thing is, yeah. is it mostly. I, anytime Preki does anything, it sort of drums up interest in U.S. soccer. Right. Uh, he had he's had obviously uh, enormous amounts of success as a player, you know, in this country, um, and he's had some success as a manager. Uh, and he's a name, so he's somebody that's bound to find a job somewhere else, and wherever it, he lands, it's gonna be news well it's not gonna be las vegas lights (laughs) no it's not no it's not would you think about chalice saying that he wanted a team that smelled like las vegas (laughs) what does las vegas smell like ryan yeah (laughs) cigarettes (laughs) Uh, a damp bar mat yeah (laughs) he also says you know we're gonna play entertaining soccer which is like a basketball team saying we're gonna play defense you know, every year that's always the the preseason. <laughs> um, so I don't, yeah, don't I mean, make this about UNLV. <laughs> yeah, well, well, UNLV doesn't play good defense. A lot. <laughs> they don't play good anything. They're four zero though. Seen. They're four zero. Okay, Penn State was five and zero until Texas A and M. All right, so let's let's take a break here. Um, we're gonna hold off the Caleb Porter discussion uh, for a couple more minutes. I want to get into a little bit more of an interesting idea that I had seen on Twitter. Then we'll talk Caleb Porter and maybe some playoffs. But let's take a break and we'll be back. All right. So I feel like I I should point out while I'm staring out at the pissing rain outside of your apartment right now when I'm pouring more whiskey in my mug to talk about Caleb Porter uh, leaving the Timbers. I think I think the first thing we should start off with is how much we you and I particularly love Caleb Porter, right? So this is going to be a very skewed uh <laughs> discussion. Mm-hmm. Um so we 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 were sitting out we were at a bar watching football actually last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, with our fantasy football league, uh, not thinking about MLS, trying not to think about the playoffs or the Timbers or anything of that nature because it was already depressing. I was uh, trying to make a trade with you. Yeah, you want? It was not a good trade. Well, I, tr- I, I know, but <laughs> but uh, so our friend Tim in Pennsylvania sends uh sends me a text and you know i'm setting the scene here obviously and it just says caleb porter out question mark and i sent him three question marks because i'm like what (laughs) surely you're kidding (laughs) clearly you're high what are you talking about caleb porter's out um but yeah 
and we couldn't find anything for like minutes. Remember, like yeah. we were searching, and then, it seemed and like then it started, forever. It, it was maybe five minutes until <laughs> something came and up. It started yes. to fill. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what had started out as rumors of a power struggle um, seemed to just sort of fizzle into what seems like Caleb surprised everybody by just up and quitting. Uh, now, S- Steve Zakuani, <laughs> bless his heart, <laughs> our our first CONCACAF Champions League goal scorer, uh, you know, was the, the first one to sort of really of note to chime in on this and say, you know, a mutual parting of ways would be kind uh, in this. And so I, I think my first, my first question to you is, do you believe that there was a power struggle of any kind, or do you think that Caleb was fed up with something else and just called it quits? I would call it a cumulative power struggle over, you know, the five last five seasons. Mm-hmm. I think, and I especially think, think today and the last couple of days is coming out is he might've just been burnt out. And that's kind of the word that's coming out and not surprising watching him the, the past few, like the last season with the press conferences. And I don't think a lot of, um, you know, if you're not a t- fan of the Timbers, he does a weekly uh, press conference mm-hmm. for about twenty minutes. That that's every put, Wednesday, right? Every Wednesday. That's well, was every Wednesday, mm-hmm. dude. Come on, uh, too soon. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and even in the good weeks, I you could just. He's He runs hot. He's kind right. of a well, pissed well, off no, dude. No, well, no, no, it's not even that. It's just like he, he, the man was tired, and it is just kind of reflecting back on the last week, it's not totally surprising if that's the reason. Ultimately, if that's what comes out, the reason that he just needs to step away from the game for for a little bit, especially since there's apparently no job lineup, because obviously once he quit, there's a lot of rumors like, oh, he's taking you, Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati, U.S. Men's National Team job. or Now it's the know, Galaxy. That's sort yeah, of the hot. Yeah, because Klein was his college roommate, uh-huh. even though Ziggy is still the coach there, technically. Uh-huh. Would that be fucking ironic? But... Um, <laughs> but I think that does to me make sense. I, I think the power struggle narrative is part of it. I think ultimately he might be f- frustrated that he doesn't have total control of everything in this organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people forget too, that some of his assistant coaches are holdovers from, from John Spencer and like, and Gavin, like Cameron Knowles. Right. That's um, specifically who we're talking about. Sure. And um, so when you're a coach for the Cor- Portland the, Cor- the Portland Timbers. Wow. The I'm, Van I'm getting, Cortland well, Rangers. Go, go, wow. I'm going to take another drink. <laughs> when, you're, when you're a coach for the Portland Timbers, you don't have total control here. And so that maybe is part of it. And, you know, after five long seasons – Maybe he just has had enough. And someone, I don't know where I heard it, and it kind of made sense to me that maybe he's tired of MLS. Like, in terms of, like, what it takes to win in this league where 
you have to become more pragmatic where because he, when he came to the league, you know, he took the league by storm and wants to play, you know, possession soccer and mm-hmm. you know, the beautiful game, which mm-hmm. ultimately in the long run you can't really do in this league. Well, I think Atlanta. Well, they did was until pretty successful. They did until until it mattered. Sure, <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's also yeah. sort of that's we yeah. can get into. I mean, you know how I am. I'm one to get into the competition structure of the league. Yeah. Then, so let's not digress into that. Right. But sure. Well, I just want to say that I wouldn't be surprised if Caleb ends up in like. Denmark or something like that, being a coach. Okay. Like uh, the Bob Bradley or Greg Berhalter route? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's evaluate the uh, the early names in the running uh, for the Timbers head coaching position. Now, you and I have talked about Greg Berhalter. Let's that was start- my first thought. I'll put that on the record. Okay. A week later, is he still your first choice? Yes. Okay. Why? He, when it comes to MLS, he wants to play a similar style of Caleb, was mm-hmm. ultimately why we got him in the first place, mm-hmm. why Merritt wanted him. Right. Our owner. No one knows that. And he certainly knows how to win this league and, and navigate it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the situation in Columbus, you know, you know, hashtag save the crew. I, I, I hope the best for them. Sure. But ultimately, in that type of situation, a coach like him is going to be looking around and saying, you know. But he's the GM and the coach. Right. And that Columbus, they come, so. exactly. And that's that's the that's the point there. Is he are we willing to give some room for that or is he willing to give some room for that? And so yeah, but ultimately for our the way we like to play and our personnel, ta- you know all that come, he's probably the best fit. Not saying that's going to happen, but he's my he'd be my pick if, if I just pluck someone out from the league. If Columbus yeah. if Columbus loses yeah. and it's inevitable that they're in sort of a lame duck season in Columbus next year and they're going to be moving. Do you think that he's willing to give up the control he has in the front office and come here and be part of that sort of like triangle of power? Well, yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure if it's really that cut and dry here too. I mean, obviously Gavin has you know, some power here as, as a GM. But at the same time, I don't think it's it's as black and white. I, I'm pretty sure, and, and I think other people confirm this, especially like Chris Reifer, who's um, a writer for Stumptown Footy here and has his finger on a lot of what's going mm-hmm. on, you know, in the organization. The There's Soccer like, Made in Portland podcast. Right, absolutely. And he he's of the feeling that it's a little overblown, kind of the dynamic between... The tr- you know the the, the trio there that sure that but he's does. also got a reputation sort of as an organizational yes man to be fair and I I mean I read his stuff and I listen to his podcast I'm not saying that's totally true but yeah. that's some well, people are of the uh, that opinion but I, I would say that you know my gut feeling and just things just kind of reading the tea leaves if that means anything mm-hmm. that I I I feel that's 
got to be true because ultimately a guy like poor, especially being here for five seasons, mm-hmm. I don't think would stay that long if he didn't have, you know, some control or at least say in what the players are coming in. Sure. Um, because you know, to my understanding, Brohalter in Columbus has does everything, as far as I know, right? Yeah, he's I mean, like, it's like the Peter Vermees of Columbus. Right, he's like the most powerful man in Columbus, not named Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then you know, he's also one of the highest paid, probably because he's GM as well, obviously. Right. But assuming he can come here and get paid the same amount w- while lessening his GM roles, don't you think that would be enticing for him? Uh... Where you can where where you can be Maybe. in a club that has that's a top five spender. A lot of people forget that that Portland right. is actually one of the top spenders in the league. I know that it would be hard for me as somebody who is. I mean, I work for a very small company, as we both know, but I only have one boss, and I have like a handful of people that work for me. It would be hard for me to have more bosses at this point. And so that might be, you know, the same situation with Greg Burhalter. Now that being said, what if you had more money to play with? We have more, more money more, to play with more resources. And here's the thing. And this is something that I wanted to get into earlier when we were talking about the playoffs. To me, the narrative that the Eastern conference is better right now and has been better this year is absolute bullshit. It's garbage. Um, I don't care. I You can point to the amount of points that Toronto FC got this season all fucking day. I don't care. Like, the thing is, they don't play in the environment that we have out here. You know, Toronto FC doesn't play Seattle three times a year. They don't play Vancouver three times a year. They don't... I mean, they play Montreal three times a year, but it's not the same thing. Like, I mean, granted, Colorado typically is fucking terrible. But top to bottom, the Western Conference, you want to travel to Houston in the middle of July? Like, no teams in the Eastern Conference make that trip. You know what I mean? So this is the real fucking deal out here. Like, I'm so, And I mean, like, that's... I think USL East is significantly better than USL West. So to to me, it's not some sort of regional bias. I just think it's the truth. Um, Well, it's, it's tougher. And this is my point though, is this is the big fucking show. And if Greg Burhalter wants to be part of the big show in MLS, he'll come out here. He'll be part of Cascadia. He'll play LAFC twice a year. He'll play the Galaxy twice a year. I mean, the Galaxy were terrible this year, but I mean, historically, it's the Galaxy. He'll play them twice a year. He'll play Seattle three times a year. He'll play Vancouver three times a year. He'll go down to San Jose. You know, he'll he'll go to Dallas and Houston in the dog days of summer. You know, he'll go in the elevation of Colorado and Salt Lake in the early spring or the late fall. You know, like that, that is the true test in MLS. I'm sorry, but that's just my opinion. If he wants to be part of that, then sure. Um, but if he doesn't share that same line of thought, then I don't think it matters. He has a better gig there. Uh, like he, he has more control over what he does. Um, 
They might be moving to Austin. He might not care about Columbus. I don't know Greg Berhalter. He might not honestly not give a shit about Columbus and be like, cool, Austin sounds great and want to go do that. I don't know. Um, but I'm with you. He might be, he's probably my first choice. Um, if I have to think about uh, the other guys, I mean, Robin Frazier is being talked about a lot right now. Um but I think that that's something that obviously we won't get any more details on until MLS Cup's over, probably. He wouldn't be my first choice. He's an MLS lifer. Uh, he certainly knows this league. He's been an assistant uh, with some successful clubs. He was also the the manager at Chivas USA, who was terrible. Now, obviously, those were different circumstances. But that being said, I'd prefer Burhalter. Um, there's been some other names floated around. I mean, are, are any of them like Dos Santos is apparently going to Miami. Uh, so that seems to be out. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a rumor. It hasn't been confirmed. Well, I heard he's, he, I mean, he mentioned the other day that he's in talks with the MLS team mm-hmm. and that there's a only a couple. Well, there's only, he's two, had a couple offers. Well, there's only two offers that can be made Colorado and us. Right, it's yeah. Colorado supposedly bringing in the uh, New Zealand, New Zealand national team manager. Right. right now, Dos Santos, you know, he's familiar with Portland. He was in USL with Montreal Impact, um, and he's sort of one of those guys that's been around. Anybody that knows anything about, uh, you know, lower division soccer in North America, he's been around for a number of years. Montreal, Ottawa. Uh, Swill Park Rangers, most recently San Francisco Deltas. Um, Taking them all to the finals. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's proven that he can, he can be a winning manager. Now, at this level, maybe, maybe you not. You said that's his goal is to, maybe not. is to be an MLS coach. Sure. And, I mean. Who, whose isn't? But that, but he, he's come out saying that the last week. So right. So that, that's, yeah. And it, okay, so let's get, I mean, there's, I, would, I wouldn't mind it, you know, if Berhalter were I, I mean, I would have to give it a chance, right? Sure. I mean, like, if, if we ultimately hire him, yeah, I can't. I, I can't discount the the logic behind that. What yeah. what would be number one on the top of your list in terms of what you're looking for in the new Timbers manager? <laughs> well, I want to <laughs> I want to replicate what you know Caleb could do. I mean, like I'm a total Caleb. Porter apologists. <laughs> like I don't understand what people don't. It's one thing not liking him or his personality. That's that's fine. I mean, like some people don't like you know Marino, but you can't doubt his his mm-hmm. coaching chops. And ultimately, Caleb Porter for me is a elite coach in right. MLS. And yeah, he didn't make we didn't make the playoffs. You know, twice, twice. Although we were just right there. Mm-hmm. But he always, I don't know. I, I, he was the heart and soul of the Timbers. Yeah. He gave us an identity. Like, that's the thing is, you know what? I like, I was going to pull it out, but it's in mm. my backpack over there. Uh, but I'm not even kidding. You know what's in my backpack right now? A fucking letter to Caleb Porter. I'm not even kidding you. I wrote a letter to Caleb Porter. A letter. I wrote a letter. Handwritten letter. No, it's typed. 
The envelope. So it's in, so the it's envelope in, is handwritten. Don't uh, you worry about don't you worry about how I got his address. But I got Caleb Porter's address. And I wrote a letter to him and I haven't sent it because I know it sounds like an insane person would do something like that. But ultimately what I think you're getting to here is what I'm saying is he was the Timbers. He made us who we are in terms of an MLS club. You know what I mean? He, he radiated what we felt as supporters. You know what I mean? And I think that's why this is ultimately uh, such a hard thing for us to sort of wrap our minds around because it, it felt like he was going to be here, right? I mean, yeah. the idea of somebody else coaching the Timbers uh, was ridiculous to me. He was the guy. He was the guy for this town, for this club, for that job. Um, he didn't always win, and he was stubborn, but that's sort of who we are. I mean, that's just true. Um, I thought about this earlier, and I thought about how, like, sometimes it's disappointing because Seattle is more successful than us on the field. That's just true. Um, and you know, that can be tough to deal with when you're in a rivalry of that nature, but I want us to remain true to who we are. And Caleb Porter was who we are or who we were, I guess. And we'll be something else sometime soon. Uh, but it's hard to move on from what, what were you going to say? You you were about to interject. I was going to make a bad joke. That's probably not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we, we've cried over Caleb Porter enough now. You know, it's been almost a week, but we didn't get a chance to talk on it. We'll see what happens. You know, Merritt has talked about how uh, he uh, he's in the midst of the coaching search right now. So we'll, we'll stay tuned to that. And Hopefully the expansion of our called. stadium. Yes, and, the, you know, like, nobody else gives a shit about that. If anybody was listening to, to this through our, through our <laughs> Caleb Porter uh cry fest here uh they deserve more than that so uh we'll take another little 30 second break here we'll get one last swig of whiskey we'll talk about this little twitter thing and we'll give our predictions for uh the second leg of the conference finals and we'll move on all right break time all right so before we give our predictions uh, for the second legs of the conference finals here. I want to talk about something. Now, we didn't even talk about the fact that the day after the whole Caleb Porter thing, or during the whole Caleb Porter fallout, I should say, I got I got a response from Alexi Lawless. One of, one of my personal U.S. soccer heroes, Alexi Lawless, responded to my question. I sent him a hashtag, AskAlexi. And I asked him what uh, what a true uh, Timbers guy should do with Caleb Porter leaving town. And he told me to keep Portland weird, which obviously is just him being Alexi Lawless. Um, but something else that I found in his Twitter feed this week, uh, somebody asked him what the, what the uh, most interesting idea 
he had heard for U.S. soccer was uh, recently. And he he uh, shared this idea that somebody had tweeted at him that I had apparently missed, was which was the idea of guest promotion. Tell me more. Okay. So now, obviously, the idea against, you know, the thought against pro- promotion relegation with MLS is that you'll never convince these guys in America who have invested hundreds of millions of dollars into soccer to move down into what would be considered a minor league. You'll never convince them to buy into that, Uh, which, you know, for the most part, probably true in the American sports landscape. Um, But perhaps you could have guest promotion. So... No relegation from MLS to USL, but perhaps there are, you know, 32 teams in MLS every year, but only 30 of them stay always. And then two are guests every year. So you would have one team from, say, the Eastern Conference and one team from the Western Conference, perhaps, that wins USL, that moves up to MLS for a year and then goes back down. What do you think about that idea? Regardless, what? okay, so a couple of questions, I guess. So What happens if they're good? Well, yeah, I mean, like, what? what's... They go down no matter what, like even if they win MLS Cup miraculously. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, <sighs> At least that's the that's the idea as I understand it. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a kind of a, f- a fun idea in a way, but <sighs> I. But if they win it, you least think they have to. Uh, wow, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think the What do you think the odds of them winning it are, though? Well, practically nil. But then again, Leicester did it right. I yeah, mean, but uh, I mean, Leicester City had already been up for a couple years yeah. before it happened. Yeah, but that'd be like kind of guess the closest. And the playoff structure for MLS right. makes it a little bit different, right? I mean, and, and plus to think, too, like, yeah, you get up into MLS and, what, you're going to spend a bunch of money, you know, to keep up with the arms race in MLS? Like, you're not because, you know, you're ultimately can't stay in the MLS. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it would be an empty gesture in the end. Right? What about the idea of parachute payments, though? Say, like, a team... Hmm. Okay, so let's think about Louisville City because they just won USL Cup. Say Louisville City is in MLS next year, and they're only going to be there for one year. But as part of being promoted, they're awarded a half a million dollars, $500,000. But they don't get it until they're moving back down to USL. So they get the $500,000, they get to play a year in MLS, and after that year in MLS, they move back down to USL. 
they have $500,000 in that parachute payment. Perhaps any like really expensive players that they had purchased for their MLS season, they could sell off theoretically and uh, make some money on. Um, is it still an empty gesture? Yeah, I, I think this is, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just frankly don't see the point out of this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, it's, it's tough to see how this would be justified on MLS's side because it's sort of, it's sort of just, well, I mean, I, you know, pacifies the pro rel mob. Sure. And and, and other teams wouldn't mind having a, a terrible team to beat up beat upon when they play them mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'd be kind of in and then that market would get a cmls teams come through mm-hmm. possibly on like a baseball field and it's it, sort of like a <laughs> test for pro rail whether yeah. or not it'll work it's like a small little step yeah and i don't want to get the the pro rail discussion again no we have a long off season yeah and uh I don't know. It, it just seems, yeah, like it, it, if it's a tester, but it's not going to be, it's just like a tease that ultimately doesn't help anybody. Okay. Yeah. You think yeah. it just angers people? Yeah. More or less? Okay. kind of angers me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm clutching my microphone. All right. So since you're already uh, sufficiently angered, let's talk about the uh, – the second leg here of the conference finals. Uh, are we looking at Toronto, Seattle? Is that what we're seeing here? Yeah, I think but I mean, Columbus still has a chance. I mean, it's nil nil. Okay. You know, so, I mean, we're definitely going to get Seattle come, going through, obviously, mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Houston could win 3 1. Sure. The, or 2 no, 2 and they win they it can't. in penalties. Yeah, that's not really. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, that's more likely the scenario, I think, if, if it's going to happen. Um, you know, two nil, and then going to extra time, and uh-huh. and then winning in in penalties. But yeah, Toronto, Columbus—that's the real question here. What What do you think about? We didn't talk about. What do you think about Michael Bradley talking shit on Columbus? I don't think there was much there. No. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I mean. There's a whole his whole statement out there. I think he was from a neutral standpoint. I mean, he asked the question. He's like, you know, as a player or as anyone who's watched games in Columbus. I mean, he was right. You know, it's just like there was there's barely anybody there for most of the time. I mean, I think that's a true statement. Not to, I mean, yeah. I think that the supporters this is yeah. what we talked about before. There's a difference between fans and supporters. Sure. The supporters oh, no, were there, the fans Abs- weren't there. Absolutely, absolutely. But he called know, them a small group of supporters. Yeah, maybe he didn't I, I think and also you got Remember too, he's on the opposing team sure. where they're playing in against the playoffs. Question: Yeah, does the captain of the national team have some sort of duty to not shit on the domestic? That's true. That's, that's true. And you bring that at that point, considering that he's won some important games in that stadium as a national team player. Well, and not only that, it's one of those things where we sort of have a unique situation in terms of like. Our domestic league for people who champion the domestic game. Yeah. Um, From Canada. We don't. We don't want. We don't want them to say bad things about our league. You yeah. know what I mean. Saying bad things about the league doesn't help 
ultimately young players want to like develop in our systems and like make our clubs better. And he had some, you know, know, qualifying statements and in his statement, you know, know, like I, I, I can't fault him for anything, you know, especially when a reporter is asking you a question on the fly like that, you know, he's, he's going to go back to his personal experiences. Yeah. As a Toronto FC player, when I've played games here, it's not the, the, it hasn't been the, the craziest, best atmosphere I go to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Toronto has a great atmosphere. I go to other teams, you know, they have great attendance, you know, what is he supposed to say, you know, say that like, I mean, you want him to say, Hey, you know, save the crew. And you know, that it should stay there. And he didn't say one way or the other. And ultimately he's being neutral. Like he probably should be as again, uh. an opposing team that's playing them right now in the playoffs. Sure. I mean, that has to be taken into account here. It's uh-huh. like, you know, he's not going to want to, you know, say maybe afterwards, maybe maybe after they beat them, <laughs> you know, maybe that, that like, hey, you know, I hope the crew stay, sticks around in Columbus, especially since it's not too far relatively from, from Toronto. All right. Well, I'm going to say I went into the, I went into this uh, round of the playoffs here saying let's go columbus come on columbus now i'm saying come on toronto we need greg bolt burhalter and uh i wouldn't mind if he brought justin Miram with him too right all right <laughs> so um give me your prediction for a score line before we get out of here toronto columbus uh, toronto columbus um one nil toronto one nil toronto how about seattle houston um, I think, I think Houston's going to make it a little interesting, a little bit. Okay. Ultimately, I think if we're talking about talking about not aggregate, but just the second game, I think it's going to be two one Seattle. All right, I think it's three nil Seattle. In the, just in the second. Game. Yep, okay. I think it's three nil Seattle in the second leg, and I think it's three one Toronto in. Uh, Toronto. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Seattle, I mean, I'm sorry. I know this sounds like just a bitter Timbers fan. I don't think Houston's that good. Um, the Timbers should have done better. They, Our owner got some flack for saying that Houston would be an easy out. Yeah, I mean, I think they are an easy out. Yeah. I mean, the Timbers should have done better. Uh, the Houston, Houston Dynamo were deserved winners. You know, they they did everything that they needed to do to win. Um, but the Timbers beat themselves in my opinion. Um, and so Seattle is a significantly better team in my mind. I think that Toronto, uh, from what I saw in the first leg, considering they're getting out the door and Javinko back, I don't think that's close. I think it's three nil and a three one. And, uh, December 9th, we're uh, we're watching we're watching MLS Cup in Toronto once again. All right. Well, with that said, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long night. We drank a lot of whiskey. It's uh, 8:30 Pacific time, which is when I edit this later. I'm pretty much my bedtime. Things I've I think I've said. I think I feel like I need to get you drunk more often. You're oh, a man. you're a man of many more words. The more really? you drink, oh, yes, no. yes. That's not a good thing. 
It is. It is for this show. Um, well, we hope everybody uh, enjoys their day off. Hopefully, you have a day off tomorrow. Um, doing whatever it is you do, we don't care significantly well, about this, your holidays. This episode will or, come out on Thanksgiving Day. Which sure, is and, which means that people probably so won't hope you're hear off it until Black Friday, and we'll have to deal with that Friday or yeah. Saturday. Mm. You, you might hear it. Um, but we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll talk about the latest, and then uh, we'll probably start moving it sort of into off-season mode, I would think. Yeah. You know, we're going to have fewer shows. Um, we're going to kind of, we're going to try to get a third mic in yeah. here again. We're going to retool a little bit and yeah, we're we're, come back for the second season. Yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get things going. This was, this was more of a tester, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Until next time, I'm John. I'm still drunk. And I'm Ryan. And he's definitely still drunk. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and it's officially the holiday season. This is the Football Associates podcast. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>